You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You know, me, I'm a student of history when it comes to bands and artists and career arcs. And you, you see how many times bands try and change a singer and it, it doesn't work. You see the examples where it does work. And so you're trying to use that history uh, to establish something that could possibly work out. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Siobhan Crone, and welcome back to another episode of 2020 here again, as always, with Ben and Corey. And welcome back for part two with Doc Coyle, the amazing guy behind the X-Man podcast, Bad Wolves, so many other projects that he talks about God a lot forbid. in part one. Too many, yeah, too many for, projects, too many. Too many projects. So if you haven't God. checked out part one, go back and listen, check it out. He has a lot to say about his background. Part two, we get into a lot more conversation with him. He's from Metallica. Yeah, no, he's, he's cool because it's just, he has this like uh, very direct way of stating his opinions and there's definitely no bullshit around it. And uh He's a true podcaster, unlike us. <laughs> I know, right? As, <laughs> as we search for words and have no idea what we're doing. But uh, if you guys have not subscribed, please do so. Please do so, because then you'll hear every episode and you'll be notified when it comes out every Tuesday. No, every Wednesday. So I don't text you guys anymore. It's, it's every Wednesday and Sunday night, not on Tuesdays. Corey's forgetting. <laughs> He's not even smoking. Don't guys. wait on a Tuesday. Yes. It, if you really want to like get there Can early and stand in can we just can we just put on some more Doc? Because I feel like he just knows a lot of stuff, and we should probably just get to that. All right, right so let's get to it. Part two with Doc Coyle. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Benny Goodman, and I'm here at 2020, the show you're listening to. And the first thing I'm going to ask of all of you is to hit that smash that oh, don't blow say it out smash. of the fucking park you've already annoyed everybody that's listening <laughs> the subscribe button don't smash it click it nice and and calmly and let me introduce my cohorts yeah. as we as we've trademarked or patent pending or whatever the legal jargon that we're supposed to say uh siobhan cronin hello and my friend my compatriot my partner in this debauchery Corey pisa hi ben he got a much better intro than I did. Why and do you of course, hate me? And of course, I'm so happy that he stuck around. And uh, what a great dude, just all around MVP of the music industry. Um, this guy has a pod podcast called The X-Man. He was in a band called God Forbid. Uh, he's now in a band called The Bad Wolves. Huge band, as you probably know. Like I did that like Trump. I fucking hate myself already. <laughs> and, and he writes. He's a philosopher. He's smart, as we say over here. He, his friends tell him he sucks. People that say yes, he hates those people, but he likes some of them. I don't know. Duck Coyle! That's right. Was That's that confusing right. enough for you? I don't know. Was I feel the... like I should be like, yeah! Was that hyperbolic? <laughs> I told you! I told you! <laughs> I'm coming! Like the old WWF. Wait, hold her. 
<laughs> no, see, if, I, if it was the, uh, that start like this, like kind of. Oh like, yeah, got to dim the lights a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> we need like an epic now, listen, entrance song. <laughs> Shawn Michaels. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you got to make it dramatic. Did you, you think up. that the Ultimate Warrior died and then another guy came back, or did you just know that he stopped doing drugs and wasn't as huge? I mean, uh, is there a documentary about that stuff? I, I, I don't know, hearing... but I feel like we need to make it, Doc. It's, yeah. it's your fucking name. I'm not going to be the guy, but all right, I will watch it. <laughs> okay. Ultimate Warrior was the greatest. Corey, come up so. with something intelligent before my brain completely just. The cachet's out. Uh, glad to. Um, <laughs> so last last episode, if you guys haven't checked it out, part one, go check it out. Uh, we talk a little bit about Doc's background and how he got into music and all these cool things he's doing. Got a little philosophical. Uh, ben tried to use as many big words as he could possibly fit into the show. Some of them made sense. Um, for this episode, I would actually like to hear more about Doc's experience doing the podcast. Um You've been doing this. I, I think I just saw you hit like 150 episodes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so when did you start the X-Man? Started in October 2016. So. Wow. So you've been doing it a while. Yeah. Before, so it's not. Before all the, the cancel culture got on there and anybody with a USB microphone said like, I have a podcast. Well, kind of early. Yeah. Early for podcasts. I mean, yeah. Now everyone does them, but. I tried to start one in 2012 and then. Uh, only did one episode and then didn't, I didn't put it out, but I, I was, I was trying to get way ahead of it, but I still was a little slow, slow to it. So I feel like I was slow to it, but now with the pandemic, everyone, you know, I'm seeing a lot of people with podcasts. I'm just like, okay. <laughs> oh, you, oh, you too, I guess. Okay. Like, I think there should be a limit. Like at one point, three dudes in bad wolves had podcasts and I'm like, this is not, like, and I'm looking at multiple dudes and I'm like, this is, I don't like this. I don't like it. I you feel know? like you can yeah. Google any actor or actress. And it's like, oh, Rob Lowe. Wait, he has a fucking podcast. Like Chuck yeah. Norris. He has a fucking podcast. What yeah. the fuck? Yeah. Well, I look at it this way. It's having a podcast now is just kind of like having a website, right? right. It's just a yeah. place for people to go to check out your shit. Like cheers. Yeah. 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 It's just going to just stopping in. Oh, what's this? Per what's their vibe? You know, uh, the question is, I think, for the whole genre is like, how do people have enough time to listen to everyone? Or is it like those situations where as long as you have your little pond of, of, of people that check you out and you stop in, is it, is it worthwhile? But listen, I enjoy it as a uh, just a, a space to explore different ideas, connect like nine out of ten times I'm, I'm dealing with someone who's a friend of mine or someone I have a relationship with. Uh, and there's always a lot of value in that and kind of connecting with people, telling stories um, and also providing, you know, the theme of my show is kind of a career re retrospective show about how these different artists or people figure out their lives during tough times. And that's helpful. I think for listeners that say, okay, I, I'm 32 years old. Should I quit music? Should I go into this? Should I, you know, and, and when you get to, when you have a bunch of conversations, you see, okay, how did this person figure this out? How do they know what I was going to do next? Uh, I think there's a lot of value in that. And people have expressed that with me and shared that with, 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 with me. Yeah. Now that's something we've encountered a lot in the guests that we've interviewed, you know, a lot of common themes among successful people are people that have really, 
you know, pushed through in the music industry. So I, I think it definitely helps you learn a lot, even just for developing your own craft, you know, taking advice from people that have done it and stuck with it for a long time. So aside from just educating others, I mean, it's interesting for all of us, you know, getting to talk to all these different people. Yeah. And, and before we get too meta, actually, just because we're talking about it, uh, with, you know, 150 shows, a lot of guests, a lot of people we talk to in the industry, has there been anything that you have noticed is a very common thread amongst those people? Uh, yeah. I mean, and listen, a lot of this stuff is not, it's not a secret if you just go and read kind of just generally successful people and you, you see a lot of the same themes, you know, or you can share us your Google analytics so we could break into the, to the numbers and understand. (laughs) I mean, no, just, (laughs) I'm not sharing that with you. Uh, no, no, but no, but you know, like this, uh, and, and for me, especially in the world I come from, is that bitterness kills, you know, like there's people in this industry who just, they have a sense of entitlement and they think I deserve this and I deserve that. And just time after time after time that it just, it's a failing uh, formula, you know, um, and people, you know, like I had Dave Lombardo on my show from Slayer which is probably the biggest show I've, I've done to this date. And the thing I loved about him, man, is just, he just, you know, he left one of the biggest metal bands of all time, but he never broke pace. He just kept working and he just kept grinding. And, and he was, I saw him out here in, in, in the, in the Valley in, in LA playing in front of like 30 people with like his other band film. He's like setting up his own drums. And it's like, he doesn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. He does it cause he, cause he wants to. And, you know, and that was before he's playing Mr. Bungle and playing with the Misfits and all these things. And it just goes to show you like suicidal tendency. Yeah. Well, he plays I don't remember everybody. if it was before he was with suicidal, but uh, I saw him with suicidal and, and it was kind of, I, this is just my impression, but I, I met him and then I miss, met Chris Adler was playing with Megadeth at the time. And I, I mean, Chris was very polite, but it was funny because Chris came out you know, with his, um, his scarf it was all very prim and proper, and he had, like, this aura of I am the rock star. Not in, like, a bad way, like, he wasn't being a jerk or whatever. But then Dave came out, and was kind of like, hey, man, like, what's up, guys? And and I'm like, wait, that's Dave Lombardo? Like, and he was so humble and so down to earth and so, like, for real. Like, I, it was so refreshing because you do meet a lot of people, and, you know, sometimes they do have that aura. And, and rightfully so, because some of these guys are, are legends. But, like, Dave is a legend that again, watching him on your show was a pleasure because it's like, he, he's totally a normal dude that was in one of the biggest bands ever and still plays with everybody and has just so people have respect for him because he's just a good dude. Yeah. Well, they're normal, but they're not normal. Right. Cause they're normal. <laughs> well, he wouldn't be Dave Lombardo. Right. 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 So what is normal? This, <laughs> what, we don't know. No, no. But I think what makes them abnormal is that ability to, keep thriving when things go when they zig when you thought they were going to zag and and to me that's like the craziest thing is like okay you were in w- one position and then you're in another position and how do you navigate that or people that you know I've you know guys like you know Thomas Maxwell from Hell Yeah who was in this band Nothing Face or uh where he was and it was very similar like some of these people are like they're their tracks in life are so similar to mine where they had this one band that was their life and that's what they were going to do. And then next thing they knew, it's like, it didn't work out, but then they ended up in a situation that was better. 
and the pre- you know you know it's like this idea that we think just because the now is not working out uh that that's, you think that's it's like a metaphor for any codependent relationship yeah well that but it's also this idea that we have to really as human beings it's important to reconfigure how we understand failure and i put failure in quotes is that it's that's where all the shit is that's where all the interesting stuff is is when it doesn't work out that's where all the wisdom is you know if you have nothing but success then when you actually do have something not work out you don't know what to do but i find all i just think there's so much more wisdom in things like not meeting your expectations and and we people internalize failure as a reflection of who they are or that like i said that way we ideal i'm i'm this person and now i'm this person and that you know and instead of going no no that's like that's all part of it that's all part of part of the process and things a lot of people i feel like nowadays like to define themselves because it's like such a thing to do in culture like i am this way and please define me this way as opposed to just letting their actions speak louder yeah but what but what i'm saying is if you listen enough enough these these conversations if you can apply it and say hey i'm gonna try this and this doesn't work out to your expectations and then you say like well, I guess it'll work out. I guess I'm going to quit forever and do do something. And, but by the way, sometimes that's the right thing to do. Sometimes you go, if you try thing X and it goes, well, it turns out I'm just not that good at being a comedian. So maybe I should go try doing something else. Sometimes that's the exact decision you need to make. But And sometimes it's, well, okay, well, I tried this kind of routine and maybe I need to try another routine. Or maybe I had this kind of way to market myself and then to try. So it's, you try things and they don't, work the way you think it kind of goes back to what we said about self-awareness in the the previous episode in terms of your own ego but also in terms of the paths you try to take because if you develop good self-awareness not only can you keep your ego in check and keep your you know surroundings manageable mentally but if you do try things like that and they're not working out you have the wherewithal to say all right Maybe I can pivot here a little bit and try something similar, but not exactly what I was thinking. Or you do say it like, you know what? I have, you know, whatever. I'm tone deaf. Maybe I shouldn't try to be a clarinet player. You know, it's it's one of those things where self-awareness is- Was that a jab? Is a, 100%. <laughs> Benny Goodman, the king of swing. Guys, go check it out. Sing, sing, sing. Awesome tune. You probably know it. But yeah. I, clarinet player. Point being that, that self-awareness, I think, can save you a lot of grief in many aspects of your life. Yeah. And also I, I think um, managing expectations, right? Exactly. Sometimes people box themselves in a corner by not expanding the realm of what the possibilities could really be. It's like, as, as you know, they call on the kind of like the, uh, you know, the security field, like a failure of imagination, right? Like certain things you just didn't think you just didn't, you didn't have, you couldn't imagine this outcome. So when it did happen, you were so taken aback that it kind of crumbled you. Um, and so that is something I think this you know, goes back to this idea of what I said about people who think they deserve this thing over here. And it's like, well, what does that mean? What is, what does deserve mean? I mean, so, so only good things happen to good people and bad things should happen to bad people. That'd be nice, but the world don't work that way. It's a lot more chaotic, a lot more random. Um, and so just kind of doing what you do and just staying focused on that and not worrying about the outcomes all the time and just keep working. That's what's going to get you, I think, where you need to go. 
So you, in the last episode, we talked about, you know, you moving to LA and how you left your first band. Um, I'm just interested to hear about some of the instances, I guess, in your path where things haven't worked out or you've decided to make a change. So can you maybe talk about why you chose to leave or what wasn't working or how you knew that you had to make a change in your life to sort of shift courses? Well, I mean, just God forbid in general, I mean, I probably should have left the band two years earlier. You know, my heart wasn't totally in, in, in it. And, you know, but I was like, okay, let's give it this one last shot. And it, what the band wasn't making enough money for us to really live how we, we need to live. And I, and I had to put some boundaries and say, guys, I, I don't have a place to live. I need just, I need, I need to make a living first before we can kind of approach this. And then I felt some of the interpersonal elements of the band was not really functional and it kind of reached a boiling point and i you know and i i I shut it down and i think the thing about that the power there's the the power in kind of saying hey i'm the only thing like a lot of times the only power we have is to remove ourselves from an environment Mm -hmm. and that's because you can't control other people nine out of ten times all you can do is control yourself and say okay this isn't working for me so i'm gonna i'm gonna go over and and, and, and do this. And, but at the heart of that, it's the fact that the band failed to meet the level of what we wanted the band to be, you know, mm-hmm. and that was the course over however many years, the band probably peaked, you know, six years before the band actually broke up, but you don't really know your peak at the time. Right. You always think you're <laughs> on the, on sure. the ascension. Um, and, but, the, but there was also the failure of, me being a 30 something year old man who didn't have much in life. Like I didn't, you know, I was, didn't have money saved up, didn't have job prospects. And it was like, Oh, you kind of caught with your pants down. Okay. Let's explore. And I, I was living with my grandmother. So I was 30 years old, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was kind of uh, someone who always had this uh, arrested development fa- failure to launch, you know, and I had to discover and understand and learn how to just be an adult and be an independent person. Mm-hmm. So that was like a, a reflection of personal, you could call it failure. But like I said, what I also learned during that time was to stop beating myself up, was learn to, you know, and I made failures morally, you know, with relationships by doing bad things and that, and that, and that was all part of that whole period from the time I was like 30 to like 33, 34 was all self-reflection it was all like, we're breaking it down to build it back up. And yeah. out of that was like, stop beating yourself up. Yeah. Be, like be okay with being imperfect. Yeah. You know? and I, and I that, think a lot. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying, but that's something, that's something where people that fucks people up is that they really get into beating, beating themselves up and they really get into like that self-loathing thing. Right. And I think whether you're in music or any other industry, a lot of people allow themselves to be defined by the main project that they're a part of or their job or their band or something. And I think it's it's hard for people to know the limit of when is this not serving me anymore in a realistic way, you know, and know when to make a change and that you exist beyond the confines of whatever thing you're doing right now. Well, I mean, I, I, I read this article and it was also podcast uh, from this outlet called Freakonomics. Oh, I and love they, Freakonomics. Yeah. Yeah. And they, it was called Upside of Quitting. Mm-hmm. And it really factored into my decision, 
because it was talking about that basically any enterprise you get involved in has essentially an arc where it reaches an apex and it falls off. And, and they speak about it in economic terms of opportunity cost. So mm-hmm. it means every minute you spend doing one thing, that's a minute you can't spend doing something else. Yep. Uh, and so if you're, and unfortunately what people usually do is there's a thing called sunk costs where it's a fallacy where when you spend so much time doing one thing, you then overly value that thing because of the time. It becomes like the self-fulfilling prophecy that there's diminishing that returns on, the, on your time. Yeah, you'll stay on the sinking ship because you've been on the sinking ship, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the way is to kind of like to kind of decouple that from how you look at endeavors and say, okay, this this is not working for me, right? And how do I? Okay, and and unfortunately, it, it kind of goes a little counter to the idea of like when I started with bands, which was like, we're a band, it's we, not me, right? Mm-hmm. And when and I really from that point on, I really started viewing myself as an individual who was involved in collaborative situations. Um, but it, but like I said before, you know, this is on the last episode I was talking about the idea of freedom. But freedom is the freedom to leave to like, hey, this doesn't work for me. And that's, but there's power in that. There's power in saying, you can't control me. I can go, I can come and go. If if you're mistreating me, I will leave. If you're not, Mm -hmm. and and the same thing with relationships, right? And I don't mean just like uh, romantic relationships. I mean, like if you have a family member who mistreats you and you say, hey, I'll let you know, it's a privilege to have me in your life. If you abuse it, you will not have in your life. That is the only, that is my power, right? Yeah. Uh, and once you exercise that and you go, oh, wow, okay, I do have control over something. I can't control other people, right? If someone's an asshole, I can't always convince them to not be an asshole, mm-hmm. right? If someone's abusing me, I can't always convince them to stop abusing me. So all you can do is go, okay, I'm going to, you, you go over there, I'm going to be over here. And that's you creating You control health. what you can control. And that's yeah, the only thing you can control. Well, I forget what, but it's like this. I think it's this uh, seven daily habits of highly effective people. They call it mm-hmm. circle control, right? So basically, a way of like not letting bullshit fuck you up. Where it's like, okay, can I control international politics or like wars? Have a Nope, I can't control that. So why are you worrying about it? Right? <laughs> can I control like and you just okay? When you actually get down to it, oh, I can control like these eight things. So only worry about that. If you worry about this thing, oh, it's it's raining outside. Are, are you the, can you move the wet? No, yeah, I can't do that. Okay, don't worry about that. I'm stuck in traffic. Can I control the traffic? No. So why are you pissed? God damn it, the traffic. It's like, yeah, that's why you're miserable. Because you're worried so about many, shit. There's only so many fucks you can appropriate to one day. Yeah, well, <laughs> exactly. And, um, and so, but people get locked in that cycle of just like, being and and listen, we're all no one's in everything that I will I will criticize other people. I am too have been guilty of it all the time. So try not to be hypocritical there, you know. But if you're like so mad that your favorite team lost the game, you probably should stop watching that game so much. If you're <laughs> yeah. so mad that your favorite candidate lost an election, you probably should like not be into politics that much because you've invest instead of worrying about your shit. It's about that shit. Let me ask you. I was actually 
talking to somebody online and they commented on something that Siobhan was tagged in and they, they put her band star set. And I didn't know that the S and the E had the, their own, like, is it an emoji? They have their own text. So star set, it's written out a certain way. Oh, and he like was the writing to me about star set yeah. in the actual star set font. Yeah. And I think to myself, should that guy not be listening to star set anymore? Cause he's taking this entirely too seriously. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't put that in that category, but you know. I mean, well, I, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, look, I'm friends with Siobhan. I know her name has a Koenig Sento, but like, I don't put it because, like, how the fuck do you find it? Unless I find Beyonce Alt, on Wikipedia. Alt and copy zero it. two two five. Oh my gosh, no! <laughs> is it really what it is? Yeah, I have to write her no, name. No, but quite I, often. I don't even care about that stuff. No, but, but you're I'm right. Just saying, like, at what point you just say, ah, fuck it. I think the point being more if, if something's detrimental to your lifestyle. Well, I'm wondering you if you're that it. invested yeah. in Star Set and you think they're from outer space. Hey, maybe it's en- maybe it's enriching his life. Let him be. Okay. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Like, the, the internet is a weird place. You know, the, the incentive system is so weird. People behave in odd ways. I was just thinking about this today because like, you know, you see all these memes about like what our parents think about like when Facebook and Instagram come out or came out. That's how I feel about TikTok. It's like I got used to like what I grew up with. And then all of a sudden TikTok and all this other craziness happens. And I look at it and I'm like, what is this? How does this work? I can never like, get over yeah. my top 10 friends on MySpace. I don't understand this Facebook thing. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's weird because you Getting do you can Google get Plus so too. easily sucked into these weird platforms with weird incentives where you get you know reinforced to say like you said provocative or controversial shit or you know you go on tiktok and you post something that's really stupid and lots of people like it and then all of a sudden you're like okay i'm just gonna post stupid shit all the time it's you know it's it's so hard to know how to navigate like when are you too deep into a certain way of thinking or into a certain way of you know, letting other things kind of dictate how you think or how you act so it's why are we letting these these likes operantly condition us yeah, well, exactly. That's pretty much what you're saying to me because, like, what is it? Like, every, people say that they go on the whole idea of Facebook or TikTok or Instagram is to immerse you for as long as they possibly can and make people keep keep clicking. And the endorphins that people get from likes is what you're right. Someone, some girl who who's not that hot posts one picture of themselves and something that's like they shouldn't be wearing, and then people like it because there's a bunch of creeps out there, and then that just tells them operantly conditions them to continue doing that horseshit. And that's why there's so many people misguided in this in this country because we give everybody trophies for the first and the seventh fucking place. There's no differentiation <laughs> between the fucking horse shit and the goddamn gold. Hot take, man. Against against everyone getting a trophy, man. I haven't heard that. Yeah, that take. No, no. Guys, let's 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 keep it civil here. Yeah. We anyway, we not 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 to get go off the rails again. I, I actually I just wanted to kind of bring it back to you know talking about what you've learned from your podcast aside from you know i think you said that like you know bitterness doesn't fly in in the world of music like has there been anything else that that surprised you at all like that that you learned you know from a lot of these people like because i i know you know and i've i haven't listened to all 150 but i have i have listened to quite a few and and it's it's always interesting it's not just musicians because musicians nowadays aren't just musicians so you have people that are branching out into different areas uh so has there been anything business-wise or, you know, philosophical for, like, lifestyle decisions that, that have come up repeatedly that maybe you did actually kind of gain a new perspective on? I think it's a slow, ver- like, perspective on that and, like, just understanding things over the course of a, of a long period of time. You get, and like I said, you see these patterns, mm-hmm. right? Of, like, because it's not, I'm not just talking to people who 
were in a band and the band ended. They said some, some, some people who stayed in the band for 20 years, you get to kind of see, okay, why did that work for them? Or some people who left a band and then went into a completely different field. And then they're, they're now they're an actor or now they're an artist manager or, you know, maybe got out of it all, all together. Um, I think, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, trying to find a way to say this that uh, feels fresh. <laughs> you know, I feel like I'm, I kind of, referred to this 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 stuff before about uh just thinking healthily you know uh yeah i don't listen i i, I think i pretty much kind of summed it up before to, sure. in a lot of different ways that's all right <laughs> understand no, it's all good you know listen we're the department of redundancy department yeah it's all right so like we'll just say subscribe over and over and over and then say the same thing <laughs> well, over and i don't want to be too Coyle, and then and then redundant sure. and then the same thing so yeah uh, i mean then I'll, then i'll rephrase it like this like has have those conversations had an effect on you personally like have you learned and grown from them yeah well i feel like i like i said before i kind of i noticed how much i have in common with some of these 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 people because you kind of understand when you get into this field Being good looking well and rich because <laughs> everyone knows that rock stars are all rich we're all rich you think nice. we make money doing this yeah right. nice. maybe star <laughs> set money you have your own fucking type font that's pretty impressive all doesn't mean anyone's making money you'd be surprised <laughs> is there any emoji money coming in right now doc not on my end uh nice like, i mean do you have like a trademark on the wolf emoji or does it have to be multiple wolves for it to be like you know prior art i think the people who created them have the trademarks i would think right i don't know, I don't know. i'm just a guitar I player know. <laughs> I just work here. <laughs> Siobhan's um, the one with credibility. God, ask her. No. But no, man, I, listen, I think the key is adaptability, right? Um, and like I said, a lot of this stuff is things I either already kind of know or have tried to purpose in, in, in my own life. And so to some degree, the show creates a lot of reinforcement, you know, for things that maybe I've already kind of made bedrocks of of my mentality but i think that's okay i think it's okay to see that these patterns kind of tend to to go around but the thing i was i was, I was going to say was about that there's these phases you know like when you get into this field when you're in your 20s there's a certain mistakes you tend to make right and some people if you don't make that maybe a lot of it is like some people just were raised better <laughs> they, <laughs> they're a little smarter they're not they don't go into it like with me with like maybe a low self-esteem. I'm trying to fill some hole in my life over here. So I make these decisions or some artists, they don't get successful. They're a little older. Right. So then they're, Oh, it's easier for them to handle it. Right. They're, they've already, they're already an adult. They're like a little Brittany, more right. Like Brittany. Yeah. <laughs> she, she could handle it. Oh wait. Aren't, isn't she like fighting against her dad? Cause she can't even take care of her own. Like that's what it does. It fucking spits you out. Well, like I think free Brittany. I I think that's completely different because I think uh, on that level, that's crazy. There's you know the patterns there are related to being so famous and so wealthy that it's difficult, and especially in her situation where maybe you don't have people that you can rely on. To, to my in my opinion, her situation is very similar to the you know like Amy Winehouse or Whitney mm -hmm. Houston where if you don't have enough protective people that are, you can trust or Michael Jackson for that, for that matter, then you get too many. Yes. Yes. Men around, you get too many people that 
create a situation where she seemed like she was pretty much had her shit together mentally when she was younger, but the situation just devolved and, you know, and I can look at it from a lot of different angles where I'm like, like I said before about removing yourself, like what she should have done when all shit was going on is just go to. Well, she has more, this is a true fact. She has more hits in the last 30 years than anyone. I believe she has broken some of the Beatles records as far as charting because she was literally created, but it's actually kind of scary to think because imagine you get so much success, you freak out, you cut your fucking hair, you flip out in public, all right? You go bananas, and and then your dad becomes the executor to your estate. And then 10 years later, you have to go to court to fight your dad because he's some tyrannical asshole and actually beg the courts to let a third party person mediate your, your all the money you're making the britney money the crazy money the money that that you dreamt about existing she's making it but in her own fucking jail that her dad has devised for her i read yeah, that i mean it's crazy well, it's actually the internet it's, must be true it's a conservator which is a very different kind of thing because it's about oh you know about this I watched. I watched the thing the other. The other oh, there's a thing about it now. There's probably <laughs> no, this a, is a classic Ben move. He's like telling all. I the probably facts watched the thing like, when I was really high, and I'm just regurgitating it. Like this is my idea. No, it's a, it's a really unique and, and crazy situation. But going back before, I was saying where you can look at the situation, and I think people tend to look at this stuff in very black and white terms. Like there's a victim and an abuser, and it's like very yeah. defined. Um, I think her, the one thing that she has on her side is that she was just really young. And I, and I don't think anyone's She's a girl, built, not yet a woman. Well, just anyone. I mean, look, look what happened to Justin Bieber. He was a disaster, right? But it, when you get that famous and rich, when you're 19, 20 years old, you're, no one is built to be able to live like that, where you just go around and thousands of people are chasing you around and there's people taking your, 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 picture and like miley like, cyrus but she also went the, from, like yeah. literally the people this the is what, most, <clears throat> it's what we've been talking about the whole yeah. time i mean it takes uh, there's such a trajectory of getting yourself emotionally acclimated and and professionally acclimated to handling the life of success and the life of being in the public so i just imagine if you're it's young, not just I mean, the you public just it's kind of like what you're saying about the yes men like now you have people around you that their salary depends on you continuing to make them money so they're not going to yeah. make decisions based on what's best for you they're going to make decisions yeah. based well, that's on that's why they told chris farley to never lose weight yeah. 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 So that's that's well, a scary thought. Yeah, well I look at that situation and I say what she should have done when she was going through is just I'm going to Italy, shutting everything off. Don't 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 come look for me. I'm gonna go be a human being. But she didn't do that. She went in her state of pain and agony. She's like she went to find love anywhere she find it so she got married she had a kid she had a lot of people when they're young they have children because it's like they just want someone who loves them unconditionally and that created more problems right not 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 saying having maybe i'm sure she loves her children all that but it's complicating things instead of simplifying things every time i see her and they're like videotaping her and she's in her hoodie it's like she's in like la i'm like why are you in la go to montana like what the (laughs) fuck are you doing like that, yeah. doesn't, that doesn't make any sense to me. So there are things in your control. You're just not doing them. But she also probably didn't have the tools. And it and it's once you're kind of on that downslide, it's once you're on it, it's just it's just very difficult. So I've I've tremendous empathy and compassion for any anyone who's at that level of fame. That I get it. They're rich and they have all this stuff, but it, that does not look fun to me. And I wouldn't yeah. want that. I just wouldn't. Oh my gosh. Kind of look you what know. what Dave Chappelle did is, is more 
I think, indicative of, of what yeah. someone who has a good head on their shoulders. But he was grown that, up. He yeah, was a grown right. man. He was, he was, he was a grown man. And, but I, I look at like someone like Natalie Portman, who was like a, you know, famous ch- child actor. She went, she went to college, she went to Harvard. She stopped, you know, she stopped acting and got to like, just be a person and took some distance from it. But if, like I said, if you have, if your parents are sicko fans or your parents are people who are trying to suck you for every dime, where can you be safe? Yeah. Where can you, know what I'm saying? Where can yeah. you gain perspective? So it's, if you, if we look at a hundred of these situations and you're like, Oh, well that person went crazy. That person went crazy. That person went crazy. Are they crazy? Or is it the situation that's crazy that we should start looking at and our, our relationship with the way we like, I'm sorry. Have we learned nothing from Macaulay Culkin? But Macaulay Culkin is actually pretty well balanced human being. Now, he, yeah. I, well, I'm just saying, I don't, I don't his remember. His dad was crazy. Well, his and dad then, was then, crazy, but I'm saying, but he somehow found a way to kind of center himself. But I think because he got out of the field to the degree he was, he was doing it. Um, but I think certain things like you, I don't think you should be able to show up. And when someone's in their, their car with 50 cameras and yeah. harass them, that should be illegal. I'm sorry. You just shouldn't be able to do that. That's harassment. Like it shouldn't be legal for someone to be on a beach and they're like, and then the people are taking photographs from a mile away and selling it for a million dollars. Like that's crazy to me, you know, yeah. and I know it's freedom of press, but at a certain point, that's, you know, what, what, when do our private rights to privacy kind of, we're living Classic. big brother, dude, except the difference is, is that we are big brother. We are the ones that are actually broadcasting because we're posting to Twitter. We're posting like where we are. We're yeah, but this stuff predates in. all that. Like Princess Diana got killed by the damn paparazzi before social media existed. So, you know, I was watching uh, the Spice Girls live on Saturday Night Live. So I don't think social media was non-existent, but it may have been smaller. Well, different format. But. Yeah, for sure. Well, anyway, so let, let's shift gears a little bit and let's kind of return to the present moment, you know, so Thank bad, you. well, you know, right. <laughs> well, we referenced in the last episode, which we intended to get into, but then got derailed per Benny. But um, so Bad Wolves is in a bit of a transition at the current moment. You know, you're without a singer. And I'm wondering if maybe we can talk about it, maybe shed some light on what's going Does Siobhan on. Siobhan have a chance? That's no. what she wants to know. I, I have no desire to be a singer, so no worries there. <laughs> Are you Benny? I mean, right. if you're asking, I'll send you a demo. Okay. Okay. Uh, where we're at, well, listen, it's a, it's a crazy situation, you know? Um, and it's, uh, it's kind of like scary, but also exciting at the same time, you know, cause it, but it's the great unknown, which I think in, in many ways is, uh, is a reason why people, often don't make change because it's like the, you know, the devil, you know, right. It's mm-hmm. like something familiar. So it's, uh, you know, it, it'll be amazing when it's all figured out and sorted out and we can just get back to just working and doing the activity of a, of a normal band. But listen, we have a monumental task. Nobody's doing the the activities of a normal band, by, by the way, unless you're in a studio because you can't tour. Cool. So maybe this is a good time for discourse. Listen, it is what it is, but I, I, you know, me, I'm a student of history when it comes to bands and artists and career arcs. And you you see how many times bands try and change a singer and it, it doesn't work. You see the examples where it does work. And so you're trying to use that history uh, to establish something that could possibly work out. But what happens uh, when you have a Van Hagar situation where they are more successful, but then you have all these people that are st- 
staunch, like, you can't have Van Halen without David Lee Roth. Yeah. And then, but all their albums were number one with Sammy. All of them. Well, but that's what you, in many ways, that's the best case scenario. So, uh, like, it's once you make that change, there's never not going to be people who are going to be not going to be unhappy with it, you know? Um, And so you just have to just learn to deal with that and not, and be okay and say, okay, those people are going to be unhappy. They're going to, especially now in the social media era where everyone can comment or people can send you messages and really be confrontational about their lack of happiness. That's something we all have to basically build up our defenses to not take it personally all the time. That is natural. And that I've been in situations where I liked a band and they lost a member and maybe I didn't like that band as much anymore. I liked a movie or TV series where they changed an actor or they replaced someone. And I didn't like that as much anymore. So I'm not, we're not immune from feeling that way. And so I shouldn't take it personally either way. It's just the balls in our court essentially to make a new situation and, and make great music and do great touring and, and put that back together. But like I said, we have quite a challenge in front of us because we're placing someone who's, who's really great at what they did. And that's very hard to do. So like I said, right now we're kind of in the middle of all of it and I can't really like get into the details sure. of everything that's going sure, on, yeah. but, uh, but you know, it'll be awesome when we figure yeah. it out, but it's, you can always something. reference the, uh, the great historical uh, documentary uh, rock star and just let Marky Mark like show you how it's done. Stand in the up and show! <laughs> well, listen, it'd be easier if the band was so big that there were like hundreds of tribute bands out there that we could just right. like <laughs> right. someone yeah pinpoint of a, a candidate yeah out of a, 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 a obscurity but but then you get the guy from journey who sounds exactly like steve perry but then you watch it and you're like what the fuck is this because i'm so it's disconcerting because the guy literally sounds like steve perry in 1983 but he's like you know i don't know where he's from but like he does not look like steve yeah, he does not look like Steve Perry, but he also looks like a super geeky normal guy on stage with all these old aging rock stars. But it sounds like Journey, but the visuals like you're on acid and you're watching U2 with Slash singing. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, but that's I mean, and, and we can find like a lot of examples like that. Like I toured with Queensryche a few years back. That guy and sounds got, totally. Yeah, he sounds very similar, um, but in that has worked for their brand, you know? Um, and that's kind of something everyone has to f- figure out, like, right. Like how similar do you want someone to be so that it still feels like the same product to us, to, mm. to a certain degree, because people have an expectation of what, what is this or what is that? Um, and I think every band has to kind of figure that out. Do you get someone who is very similar to the previous person? Do you get someone who's, their own thing, like like the Van Halen situation, where you had someone who did not sound like David Lee Roth at all, but had really great chops as a singer, probably so better. What do you think of a band like Owls and Chains? You have William Duvall, who's first Again, off think- when I, when I saw them, I was like, "Holy fuck, this guy sounds amazing!" But it also reminded me how much Jerry Cantrell is half the voice of Owls and Chains. Well, I think that's I'd put that in more of the best case scenario situation, but I also think if I think there's a, it's very different when someone passes away because there's a different kind of uh, relationship 
and kind of attachment and emotion mm -hmm. that comes with that. So if they would have replaced, you know, not that uh, William Duvall is probably way too young uh, to replace him at the time when he passed away, but if it would have happened right away, maybe people would have felt differently about it. Uh, but when you listen to the music that they wrote with, you know, with William Duvall, it's like probably one of the best comebacks ever. That's probably my favorite comeback record for any band ever. Yeah. Um, and he's like, sounds close enough where it's like, this is Allison Chains, but he doesn't, he's not doing a Lane Staley impression, right. which I think is kind of what you want. I think the guy, uh, STP got Jeff gut is a oh, fucking Jeff's awesome dude. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, where he sounds, he sounds like Scott, but you can tell he's kind of, he's a better singer. He has a better range. He can kind of do more stuff. Um, and it allows the band to have a career. And that's ultimately what, ultimately that's what you're trying to do. You're just trying to survive as a band and keep doing things. And, and we only have two records out, you know, it's not like we have, we've been around for 20 years and we're making a shift, right? It's kind of very early in the band's career. So it, it does maybe give us, give us a little bit of advantage in terms of a, a reset. Um, but, but yeah, it's a, uh, like I said, it's, it's, it's almost weird having these conversations now mm -hmm. because it will be because it's we're talking about uh, it's an ongoing situation and and, and, right. and, and and contemplating as opposed to talking about definitive mm. things. And once it's all once we do have a singer, it'll be. We well, it sounds exciting, about. dude, because, you know, with every obviously being in a band with somebody where you get to a point where like you're no longer with them, it's got to be a bunch of relief when when it's over at some point because being in any kind of relationship where you're relying on someone that you can no longer rely on it's it's very tiresome even though they might be really talented they're holding you hostage with their talents and the fact that maybe your crowd loves them so even though it might be a huge thing that you i mean look tommy was is a great singer but the fact that you guys had so much success probably gives you a lot more opportunity to meet people that are awesome singers in their own right and also carve out a new niche. You're right. You're, you're completely right. You don't have five Van Halen records before Sammy. You guys are a relatively new band that could still pave the way. So maybe you can become the Billy Corgan of the band. I suggest it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, listen, there, there are opportunities there where maybe other guys in the band, you know, this will give us an opportunity to create a better relationship individually with each person in the band and, mm -hmm. and op op open that up. Um, you know, I go back and forth between being like, we got this, we're going to hit a home run to like, it's going to be failure. It's going to be, but like I said before about dealing with failure, like I have a completely different, like if it doesn't work out, I'm kind of okay with that too. Yeah. Like it's like, Hey, we tried, we did it. Didn't mm -hmm. work out, but that's, but there's also an element in me where it's like, you kind of also can't think that way. You have to just be like, we're going to do it put the, yeah. the positive inertia out there. We're going to kill it. We're going to crush it. Don't let the negativity in there and don't, don't be okay with failure. You know, but don't you think you that little voice in your head is what's keeping you honest with yourself enough to actually have a barometer to know that you're going to fucking kill it. Because obviously you have to walk into this and go, I'm going to triumph or you're just going to fail. But there also has to be a, some sort of realistic thing saying, look, there's a high bar, man, and you better fucking make it happen. So don't you think that having that little voice in you going, you're going to suck, you're going to suck, is probably just like Corey's friends telling him that his well, band's the no, worst. No. Here's where it goes with two things to me. One, no one believes in me more than me. Like, I'm just serious. That's like, true. there's no, people just, like, I really, I'm like, we're to the point where I'm like, I need to check myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> like, great. Yourself. That's I'm, amazing. I'm, 
That's you know, amazing like, that you I have really that. like, yo, I got this, right? But I'm Hold also- Hold my beer, America. Doc's <laughs> got this. But I'm very much, I'm a like a stats guy, right? I'm like a guy yeah. that goes, I can, like I would literally put together a spreadsheet, right? Of all the bands that have changed singers and say, when did it work? When it didn't work? And I'll do the math and you go, okay, okay, the math is not on our side. Right. Mm. If you were to just look at it that way, but you show this to your girlfriends, you're like, we could get married, but there's a 50% chance that you're going to die. Jesus got dark. Why did you go there? Say, like, do you like literally, like, do you, you, you pull well, up I your family? Like, I, 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 do, I, I do think that way. And it's not flow chart. Like, you're right. It's not a romantic way of looking at <laughs> the world. It's a very <laughs> real, it's pragmatic. A, yeah. Real, yeah. And that's not always the way to be. But I, so I think in some of these situations, you have to put on blinders and just say, we're gonna fulfill it, it's gonna be great, don't worry about it. And like, and cause you, cause we're, you literally have people, like we literally have people telling us, you're going to fail, yeah. it's over. You're going to, you're gonna, like people, you know, your band's gonna be done in six months, you got nothing and you're like, and that's, these are people who are supposed to be your fans. Boy, right. you say that no, you I, I check saw yourself. this because I, I saw this on Instagram and I, I, I wanted to ask you because that's got to be really hard to deal with people, like just getting immediate feedback from people that probably have no idea, you know, 90% of the stuff that goes on behind the scenes with a band. It's just so interesting how, yeah, well, it's all funny those comments you say you have to check there. yourself, but like, you know, I think, and I've said this, I, I associate a lot of the best success. So a guy like Bono um, being almost delusionally believing in yourself mm -hmm. someone asked bono uh did you ever think you were going to be in the biggest band in the world and he he said i always knew i was in the biggest band in the world i just didn't know when the world was going to figure it out and that's kind of like the mentality that i almost feel like any really successful person has to do have in the music industry because it's so unfulfilling and unrewarding and even when you get to echelons where people think that this is success you're still not at a point where you feel like you're successful relatively to like your friends getting out of school, having 2.5 children and a picket fence. It's really uh, a, a realistic checking of yourself. But like, I feel like you have to be slightly delusional and believe in yourself when no one else will, because you're right. Nobody else is going to help you more than you. Well, like I said, I, and I'll go back to those examples I said about people like Will Smith. If Will Smith would have told you when he was like rapping on stage, yo, I'm going to be the biggest movie star in the world. People would laugh at you. If well, can you just Jamie say parents just don't understand? Yeah, if Jamie Foxx was on Living Color doing Wanda, you know, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, yo, I'm going to win an Oscar one day for, an, for a serious dramatic role. People are like, yo, you're on crack, right? People would like, so really most of this shit, for, to get to big at any level is irrational from the point of where you're at, right? There's only a few like LeBron James out there where they come out like, that dude's going to be one of the greatest of all time, right? There's a few of those people where it's like- You didn't think Marky Mark when he came out was going to be like, an unbelievable actor. I mean, I don't think anyone. Good vibrations. A, he faked it all the way to number one. I think that's a bit bad example because he was so new. No one really knew anything to say. He wasn't a new kid. That was his brother. Yeah. No, no. But I just mean like there, there wasn't a lot to go on there. So it's like, who's, who's to say, right. But I do think for any, for anyone to get to any premier level of anything based on the context of where you start is all irrational. So, so, if you look at the numbers, yes, the likelihood is all things are kind of not going to get there. But just don't worry about that. Don't worry about the statistics. Just stay on course. Do your thing. And this is what does success mean to anybody, right? Success is kind of a self-determined 
idea, right? Like if all you want, if you just like, yo, I'm happy working at Costco and I, I got my family and I got my baby and I'm a happy person, then that's success, right? So, so success is all subjective. Um, and so it's failure, right? If, if you thought you were going to sell $10 million, you only sold $9 million and you think you're a failure to everyone else, you're a success. But, you know, so it's a lot of that stuff is, uh, is internal. And to me, all that stuff is like the success part of it is right now. It's in the processes of getting through the situation. And it's like, here you have a big problem. How do we solve the big problem? How do we, or maybe not even look at it as a problem, just look at it as like a task. Like we have to, you know, here's, we, we got this wood and we got these nails and we got to build a house. So just go build the house and it's going to be hard and you're going to sweat and you're going to want to quit. And, and you're like, and, and one day it's going to be raining and you're like, fuck, we got to go outside and still put in the nails. And so just building the house, whatever happens after that, a lot of it's out of your control. So all you can do is just do your best, stay positive. Don't worry about people shit talking you like build like I think all that stuff creates builds your character when people tell you you're gonna fail and you sit there and you go no nah, I'm I think I'm gonna be good you know what's funny it, yeah, my dad absolutely. my dad when I was younger he has a very very dark sense of humor and he uh cut out a Calvin and Hobbes which I love Calvin and Hobbes the the, the comic and it was his dad it's Calvin's dad and anyone that's read that comic um, yeah. his dad's very, um, he's like exactly like my dad. And he said, Calvin, go do something you hate. It builds character. And that was literally on my refrigerator, my entire, um, childhood. And that was kind of like my dad's whole thing to me. Like, you know what? If you don't like it, it's building who you are. It's true. And a lot of things I've noticed doing jo certain jobs where you think, oh, I'm not going to like this. And then you end up learning. You actually like, like something you didn't realize or, on day one, you didn't like it, but you grew to like it. Um, yeah, it's it's in it's important. Like I started doing this thing because uh, I you know I, I played. I didn't even mention it, I played in a band with uh, Rob and Kirk from Metallica, and uh, a wedding band is it not? Well, it's just called the wedding band. It's not. That's the well. You told me on we, we actually spoke on a sound yeah. talent media thing, and I didn't know if it was a wedding band or so. It's called the wedding band. The wedding, that's the name of the band. But uh, <laughs> Rob Rob Trio says he he said he was like a takes cold showers in the morning, you know, mm -hmm. like, and it has all these, and I started, so I was like, Oh, I'm going to do that. And then it, I looked it up and basically one of the properties it has is it actually like puts your body in a shock slightly. So it that's actually, why I do cocaine. What's that? So that's why I do cocaine, man. I don't need to take a cold shower. Just fucking it's fine. Okay. Well, I've got, I got money like you. So I, I got, no, I'm, just, I'm just messing. <laughs> I'm like um, this naturally. So no, no, but what it, what it does is it, it's a, small form of shock to your body so it actually makes you more resilient because mm -hmm. you're like purposely doing something that your body like oh it's like and so the next when something difficult happens it actually builds up more of a resistance to uh adversity so it's kind of an interesting thing so i'm like oh, i kind of like that like i'm purposefully going to do something that's gonna, kind of <laughs> that's uncomfortable you know um do you take cold showers in the morning yeah, I, yeah. I, Has I it do. helped you? Like, I mean, I'm, I'm curious because now I'm like thinking to myself, maybe I take a cold shower. I've heard yeah, a lot I mean, of people say this. Who, yeah, who I think any of these things that we do, um, who's to say, right? Like, am, am I doing an exp experiment? Is it, you know, is it a... Uh, maybe Robert's masochistic. What's that? Maybe he's just masochistic. 
Well, it's not that masochistic. I mean, do it for a few minutes. And He's in Metallica. It's pretty masochistic. Yeah. Look it up. Look at look up the uh, the cold shower. It's the same thing too. Yeah. Like uh, yeah, it's people, like a cryotherapy type. Yeah, like yeah, I'll consider that in the system. summer months. It's already is that cold what they say when you jump in so. like the, the the pond like on New Year's Day? That's like just it's cryotherapy. Well, there's what? cryotherapy, which is more for um, different. Yeah. For like uh, recovery for your for your muscles, but there are some people they'll do like the cold bath into the sauna and kind of just the, that back and forth is like mm. does all this really kind of. I've actually done that body. and it's fucking amazing. Yeah, I bet. But anyway, oh there's a little gosh. mini mini version of that. But anyway, but the whole point is that this this is going to be a difficult time, and I always think about that line in Training Day when Ethan want to get wet, huh? You want to get wet? Not that line. The one where <laughs> Ethan Hawke goes, it's kind of like, he's like, it's like the first day of uh, football tryouts. And I just wish it was tomorrow. So I already knew if I made the team. And that's like everything in my body says, I wish I could just fast forward till it was all figured out. But you can't. There's no shortcuts. Only way to beat the fire is to walk through the fire. So it's it's this thing of like every day you're, less, you're, you're like, all right. Can we do it? Is it going to, and today was one of those days where I woke up a little like, ah, all right, am I going to win today? I don't know. We're going to see, but yeah. I had to just kind of slowly like, all right, you're going to do it. You just, yeah. you just kind of you, just, you got to talk to these assholes up. tonight. This is going to suck. Yeah. No, no, this is the fun. This, this, this is the fun part. This just like kind of just even talking about it is part of the process of psyching yourself up. Right. Like you guys asked me a question about it and I have a decision to make. Do I go, well, you know, I don't know. It might, <laughs> it might not work out, right? I have a decision to say to like downplay it or you can just do the fill and sell mode. Do yeah. I always say when you're trying to do marketing, just do the fill and sell mode. Just go back to anything he ever said on stage live. <laughs> We're the fucking best. Fucking drink this wild. Hey. We're fucking don't follow the trend. Anything he said. Everyone, I feel like in the metal industry after fill and sell mode was like, "We're going to come out with the great Southern trend kill," but they didn't have Dimebag or Vinny, and it never worked that way again. Yeah, that's metal for me. All summed up, because I'm close-minded, yeah. like like a lot of metalheads. Because I feel like that must be hard coming from a band like God Forbid, where I know when I used to go to hardcore shows that there were people that if you didn't like hardcore, if you weren't in the scene, that they were actually really mean and might kick your ass. Like that, it's a hard scene. Like I actually saw other bands get beat up because they didn't let other bands have a long enough set because of the hardcore scene. And then meanwhile, you're going doing all. What's the difference as far as the type of people? that maybe used to go to God forbid shows and the way that you see bands and also knowing that you came from a culture. Cause I mean, I'm telling you, I went to those hardcore shows and those guys, if you said that you listened to Beethoven, they'd probably like kick your ass. Like just literally for saying that some of them, I'm not saying everybody, there's plenty of people that probably did that, but there's FSU dudes that beat the shit out of people. Cause they listen to Beethoven. Well, this actually goes back to, you know, Corey, you asked me a question earlier that I didn't have a very good answer for it. Cause I felt like I'd already repeated myself, but there, this is a, is something that I've learned through the show is that almost everyone that came up to the hardcore scene has found that I know has found relatively decent success in their life because the hardcore scene was all about DIY. It was all about if you didn't know how to do something, you learned it. If you didn't, no one was going to help you do something, you you figured it out. And it's all about community, resourcefulness, um, knowing that it was very like you knew you were going to sleep on floors. You knew you were going to have to drive. No one like, so that stuff hardens you and it makes you yeah. like very 
It goes back to it about being adaptable. It goes back with it with like getting all these like just be, being like, hey, I'm I'm gonna put out my own record so that you don't realize you're learning skills that will help you down the line. That oh, I'll when it's I can I'm thinking like an entrepreneur. I'm thinking so like you're malleable or yeah. being able to modulate just being a self-starter and not waiting yeah. for permission to do anything. And so that's one thing of, out of that community across the board. So many of those people end up just doing well in all these different fields because they're the just to have any success required you to just work really hard and just be it. Like I said, be, be at the forefront and you have people who are maybe a tough crowd or some people wouldn't want to give you respect and you had to go out and just earn it person by person. And so anything that is difficult to do ultimately makes you stronger. TM. I just came up with that. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. It doesn't kill you, makes you stronger. I just invented that right now. (laughs) So that's, that's a great way to, uh, to wrap this one up. We're coming up to the end of the second. Uh, well, he was talking about part. statistics. When I was in my class, when I was learning health, they told me to listen to statistics. But he told me don't follow the numbers. So maybe I don't have to wrap it up. What? <laughs> one Anyways, in three, Corey. Check one out, in three. Check out the X-Man podcast. Check <gasps> out Bad Wolves. Join their Patreon and, and keep supporting them. And stay tuned for all the updates that I'm sure will be very interesting over the next few months. And Doc, um, how can people follow you or support? Like, what are some things that you want to promote now or that people should check out other than what Corey mentioned? Yeah, I mean, all my social media is at Doc Coyle. Uh, I have a website, DocCoyle.net. Little... I had a date, need to update that. And I'm on another podcast slash YouTube show called Last Words, which is presented by the website The Pit, which is We Are The Pit. So I'm, I'm out there. I'm very, very easy to find. Thank you for checking out this episode of 2020. Please visit 2020-d.com. Like and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss it on future episodes. This week's throwback clip is from episode number 52 featuring Amy Chiaretto president and founder of Adam Splitter PR and publicist for bands like Killswitch, Korn, Starset, and many, many more. Check it out. Creative people tend to just be more emotionally fragile and emotionally, you know, just, um, you Go know, on. Yeah. <laughs> um, just where, you know, handling that you have to kind of like make sure that you know how to process that and be a lot of different things for them, whether it's publicists, therapists, you know, um, just you have to be able to listen and you have to be able to act even faster Wait, the guy that wrote listen. fuck it all fuck this world yep. fuck everything that you stand for is sensitive i would never Most have sensitive guessed. guy i've ever met Corey taylor hey what's up this is blake wyland i'm the host of the tone mob podcast it's a show where i interview guitar people about guitar stuff We talk about their pedals, their amps, their accessories, their preferences, all that stuff, as well as a healthy dose of whatever comes up. Topics have ranged from aliens to addiction and anywhere in between. Oh yeah, and pizza. We're definitely going to be talking about pizza. So get the show wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Just search The Tone Mob in your search bar and it will pop right up. Come join us. We're having a lot of fun. Thanks for checking it out.